Welcome to the Our Family TV podcast, where we talk about family-friendly television entertainment the whole family can watch together. Today, I'm very excited to introduce my special guest co-host, Amy Carabello. I had the pleasure of working with Amy as a Hardy's admin for When Calls the Heart, and currently is an admin for the GAC Family and GAC Living Fans Group. We got to meet at the Hardy's Family Reunion, and we used to spend many a day chatting amongst uh, the other admins discussing the show and life. Amy just recently moved into a new home with her husband and four children. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. I am just so excited to have a chance to talk to you about this show and this movie. And the Hardys have been so excited when the announcement about this movie came out. And I'm just super excited to be able to chat with somebody who I know enjoyed it as much as I did. Definitely. I really, really enjoyed it. So today, what we're talking about, folks, is we're going to review the GAC Family TV two-part premiere of season two of When Hope Calls A Country Christmas, or When Hope Calls Christmas with the hashtag. The show stars Morgan Cohan as Lillian, RJ Hatanaka as Gabriel, Marshall Williams as Sam, Wendy Crewson as Tess, Hanukkah Talbot as Maggie, Jefferson Brown as Joe, and so many others. And at least in these first two episodes, Lori Lachlan resumes her role as Abigail Thornton from When Calls the Heart. Woohoo! And Daniel Lissing reprises his role as Jack Thornton. So it was so great to see Abigail and Jack back. This uh, movie was, or first two episodes, I should say, directed by Bradley Walsh and executive produced by Brad Cravoy, Brian Bird, Michael Landon Jr., Alfonso Moreno, and many, many others. You know, one of the things that I mentioned in the last podcast is that there seems to be so many more producers today than there used to be. Like, there used to be like one or two producers, or maybe three, and now there's like 10 or 15. (laughs) So, it's like, I just can't list them all, right? That would take the whole podcast to list you know, give everybody the appropriate credit. But, um, you know, you can look that all up on IMDb generally or find it elsewhere. So let me provide a a general uh, or brief movie summary. A national magazine, which was Harper's Bazaar, lists Brookfield as a potential to be named America's number one country Christmas town. Okay, so my question there is America with the red surge. Okay, that that's a little different, but okay. Which reunites the magazine's photo photojournalist Paul with Maggie, who was once a travel writer. The town is purposely trying to show the essence of Christmas, Christmas for the writer, but behind the scenes, residents aren't really living the spirit of the season. In the middle of the fuss, a stagecoach arrives and outsteps Abigail Stanton and her son Cody, who have brought a troubled a uh, troubled boy named Roy to Lillian's orphanage. And Mountie Winslow, which is Gabriel, Mountie Gabriel Winslow, does his best to help Roy, but to no avail. When all hope for a joyous Christmas, Christmas seems lost, a secret Santa comes to fulfill Christmas wishes, and Abigail has a profound conversation with a dear friend from the past. So, that. That's kind of uh, an overall summary. I don't know if you have anything you wanted to add to that, Amy, or do you want to just go ahead and get into the questions? Uh, the only thing I might be able to add, I remember at the very beginning, just going back to what you said about it being America, I remember um, Maggie saying something about, oh, this magazine covers places all throughout North America. So I think that's how ah, Canada fit thank into you for sharing that. it being America's country Christmas town. 
Thank you. You know what? That makes me feel so much better because I was trying to figure out how we tie in the red surge with America. Because in my mind, I'm thinking USA, but it's right. North America. America is yes. the United States. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, perfect. Good. Okay. So I'm going to ask a series of questions. So I will ask you, Amy, so you can respond and then I'll respond after you. So what? Okay, great. Thanks. So what did you like best about the season two opener and why? I think, I I mean, I automatically just fell in love again as soon as the music started playing. The music is always phenomenal. And I think when it started playing and you started to see the characters, it just felt like coming home. Mm -hmm. The show has Mm -hmm. been off the air for a while and we've all been kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with it. And it felt like it just picked up right where it left off without missing a beat. Um, and the fact that it was Christmas, the decorations were beautiful and it just felt like it was the perfect mix of telling a Christmas story, but still touching on little bits of last season. So you didn't feel like you were missing anything. And it started to dip its toes into what the Hardys have to look forward to coming in season two. So it was telling this Christmas story, but it was also kind of feeding what we were looking for as far as the show continuing was going to go. Absolutely. I mean, I agree with everything that you said. I mean, I I really enjoy um, just like the simple feel of when hope calls it kind of reminds me of season one of when calls the heart you know it's like it's just simpler it's it's nothing fancy it's just it's all about the basics in life and um you know how the focus is on the townspeople and what matters most and that's each other Mm -hmm. you know I mean and I love I really loved seeing Lori in the opening credits and I'm hopeful that that's a hint that she's going to continue on with season two. I think Hardys are all hoping that happens. I think so too. Now, of course, let's let's just talk about the elephant in the room. We know about Lori's situation. Um, mm-hmm. it, but I really haven't seen that much negativity about it. I've seen a few things. But I think overall, Hardys are supportive of Lori yeah. coming back. And I'm sure mm-hmm. hopeful that the powers that be are listening or this information makes its way to them, that uh, Lori continue. And you know what? Lori is just such a wonderful person. I know you've you've met her. Haven't you met Lori? Did I you? have not met oh, her. Oh, because she wasn't at HFR 5. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I've heard stories, and I oh, know how great so wonderful. she was and how much the Hardys loved interacting mm-hmm. with her totally. and getting a chance to meet her. Totally. And then, of course, Carter as Cody. It was so great to see him, although he seems more like a man now, not a boy. <laughs> yeah, I think he's real cute. Yeah, just Maybe just a tad, but real, real sweet, sweet guy and lovely family. And I, I I love the, the story of um, the new orphan boy, Roy, that was brought Roy. by Abigail. Mm-hmm. And I love how, like, the kids all supported him. And how the kids yeah. at the orphanage are so, like, selfless. You know, it's more mm-hmm. about each other. And that's that simplicity that I was referring to, where you Absolutely. take each other's burdens on as your own. And, again, that's why I said When Hope, uh, When Calls a Heart Season 1, because that's what those episodes were all about. And just absolutely love that kind of storytelling. And mm-hmm. I really loved how they opened up, you know, like the beginning of the um, – 
the first uh, episode where when Lillian was telling the the like the bedtime story to the kids that it was about the fair maiden and a valiant young man and how he followed after her because she had taken a child to a faraway land and this story was about Chuck and Grace Mm -hmm. and And that that filled in those pieces it did it did and honestly there were times on when calls the heart I was hoping they would do that and they didn't and, and so mm-hmm. I love that they have done that here. And so, you know, I just want to say Brad Cravoy is brilliant. Like he has just, not that he's written it, but he really has a feel for what people want to see. And like he is involved yeah. in all these GAC <laughs> movies. You know, he's an executive yeah. producer effectively on everything. It. Yes, yes. And so I failed to mention that at the beginning when we were talking about When Hope Calls. This is on GAC Family TV. So um, we're so thrilled that, they brought When Hope Calls back. You know, it started out on Hallmark Movies Now as mm-hmm. for season one. And and then we never heard anything about them bringing it back. And so when they brought it back, and now that they've tied some loose ends because the two yeah. characters, two of the main characters from the first season did not um, come right. back. And so I love at least that they mentioned them and we know that they're off. They got married and they're in England and she started her own new orphanage. She was the sister of Lillian. So they they did a really good job addressing all the, yes, the characters, Mm -hmm. you know, mentioning that some of the orphans had been adopted Mm -hmm. and yes, um, I'm blanking on her name, Eleanor, I think the lady yes. who was cooking at the orphanage, that, yes. you know, she was away mm-hmm. um, and Pearl and, you know, what had happened with her. So it was really nice to, to see that there weren't any kind of missing characters. You knew yes. where everybody was and what they were doing. Definitely. I love that too. And I also loved that they mentioned the Mounties. They mentioned, of course, Gabriel's on the show, Gabriel Winslow. Right. And then they mentioned Nathan Grant and Jack Thornton and that they were presented in a positive way. And I just, I really mm-hmm. appreciated that. And I also loved the fact that, um, you know, the scene with uh, Gabriel and uh, Lillian in the jail where she said, actions speak louder than words. <laughs> yes. And she was not, I mean, you know, what kind of surprised me about that whole scene was that, you know, normally they're going to take some episodes to kind of build up that right. relationship and man doesn't happen it, right it doesn't right, right now we did see mm-hmm. that they had feelings for each other in season one but then we yes. also thought there sam you know right? right so we thought sam they were you know i'm so thankful we have we do not have a triangle here because we do not want triangles i don't think hardy's overall prefer the triangles so we're happy that they kind of like addressed it right in the very beginning yes yeah so that was really cool um, I want to say, though, my favorite scene of the whole two episodes was the scene with Abigail and Roy, where, you know, Roy is just, he's just distraught over, you know, being like, this is like the fourth orphanage that he's been in, you know, he lost his parents, and he's just really struggled yep. with it. And so she uh, sat down with him, and she, you know, talked about um, how everyone at the orphanage had suffered pain and she talked mm-hmm. to him about faith and peace and how that can lead to joy. And I just thought that was just beautifully done. And, um, you know, it's just a message for all of us. So, and then, of course, I loved seeing Jack Thornton again. You know, he wears the red surge yeah. well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think Hardy's around the world were anticipating that scene and were just 
overjoyed to see him back on the screen in whatever capacity it was going to be. Right. Um, and I right. think it just fit in nicely and kind of gave everybody that little bit of closure that they might still have been looking for. Mm-hmm. Sure. Absolutely, because there were still, I would still see comments on the Hardy's page about, well, maybe he's still alive, and it's like, we never saw a body. Well, they're not going to show you a body on a Hallmark show. It just doesn't happen. (laughs) It's not going to happen. So, but it was pretty clear that he died because they had his boots and his hat and all that kind of stuff in, you know, in the funeral scene. So they wouldn't, yeah, exactly. They wouldn't have just buried an empty casket during that time period. If they hadn't found him, right, they would have, that would have been addressed. That's right. That's right. So it was just so great to see him in the red surge. And it kind of just, it, it, you know, for me, I really miss him and Elizabeth together because I just thought they were, they had such great chemistry, Daniel and Aaron, and um, Mm -hmm. their relationship was just so sweet and just really Mm -hmm. hard to replicate. And um, so I, I, it was just fun to see him again. That was great. Absolutely. Okay, so if you had the chance to ask a character in this movie a question, what would it be? Mm, A character. I think, and this scene just kind of tickled me a little bit. It was just really fun to watch. I think I would have to ask Ronnie what it was like chatting with the reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That that just that little seat was, you know, and I don't know if there were ever any real reindeer there or if that was all CGI or just how that was done. Um, But there was just something so simple and kind of magical about that scene. And Ronnie, he's one of my favorite characters Mm -hmm. on the show. He really is. He's so great in his character. He just has the perfect comedic timing and you know he just is so much fun to watch and to see him just kind of chatting with those reindeer like it was no big deal that they just happened to walk up to him while he's standing out there in the woods um you know when other people would kind of be a little hesitant like okay there's wild animals walking up here um And then, you know, to kind of see the kids watching him from a distance and he wasn't aware. But I think it would just be fun to to ask him, you know, hey, Ronnie, how how were those reindeer that you (laughs) were hanging out with out there in the woods? I love that. You know, I think Neil Crone, who plays uh, Ronnie, is underrated. Like, like he, he doesn't really come up as much like when we talk about the show because he's kind of a, right. he's a secondary right. character, but his, he brings such comedy to the show. And you know, yes. every show you his need to have that, right? Yeah, it is. One-liner. Totally. And, and really, he had a lot of scenes in this particular, you know, these first two he episodes. He was a big part of it. He was a episode. big, big part of it. And I, I really enjoy him as well. And um, yeah, he, so he's pretty funny. So, what I would ask is, while well, so in the store, Joe said to Gabe, how's Lillian? You two seemed like you were almost an item. Now, I would ask Joe that question. Why didn't you pursue Maggie? You know, right. you two seem like you were almost an item in season one. Now, I've seen yep. some comments about some people thought that, that her character, Maggie, was too young for Joe. But honestly, mm-hmm. I thought they were a good fit. I thought they had great chemistry and I really liked those two characters together in season one. And so I'm not sure why they've taken a different path on that. Cause I got to say, I don't see her and Sam at all. Like they do not connect in my opinion. Yeah, it was, I'm sorry. It was definitely a surprise to me that I saw, you know, 
when at the very end, Paul was kind of like, oh, you know, this is, there was a certain person that made you light up a little bit. And I, cause I was enjoying the, the potential of Maggie and Joe in mm-hmm. season one. And I feel like, especially for Joe, you know, that was with Maggie was the first time that he had really started to open up to someone after right. losing his wife. Right. Um, so I'll definitely be interested, you know, in season two, mm-hmm. maybe exploring a little bit more of what's going on. And maybe somebody new is coming to town, right. you know, for Joe. Totally. Because I know they haven't started filming season two. So I feel like there's a lot of potential for opening up storylines and new characters. Yeah. And seeing where they go with things. And I, I like Sam as a character. Oh, too, I do so too. Maybe, maybe that will grow on me a little bit. I, there's, you know, it's the potential there. Yeah, I, I see somebody else for Sam, and, and we can talk about that as we go on. Um, I'll, Ooh, I'll share that. Yeah, I do. I see somebody else for Sam in this show that I think is uh, is just a much better fit. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you had the chance to ask the screenwriter or director a question, what would it be? Um, I think that I would want to ask, aside from actor availability, what was the biggest challenge with writing this movie after not being on the air for such an extended period of time. Ooh, um, good. You know, it was, it was quite a while between when season one ended and when we heard news about season two, which leaves a big gap in the time period of Brookfield. Um, so be curious to see what was the hardest part about continuing this story when there had been so much time that had passed. Wow. Yeah, that's that's really a great question. Man, I, I guess I went kind of a, a, a totally different direction because I wanted to know, didn't you didn't they think that those pastries were gonna dry out in the cold air? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I right? I'm just so practical. So I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that <laughs> tongue in cheek. You know, actually maybe, maybe they just sold really fast, so they weren't out there. Maybe very long. that oh, that's a great point. That's a great point. You know, it actually felt so good to be back in Brookfield that, um, <laughs> which is asking, when are they going to resume production? Now, we know that where they film in North Bay, Ontario, right. that they have pretty um, inclement weather. So they probably, yes. the earliest they could probably start filming would be like April, May, you know, and it may even be yeah, later even than April, that. April, I think, might yeah, be pushing. Yeah, it might. It. It I might think so. Full into the summertime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know when we're going to see this again, but maybe this will end up being more of a of a fall show. I don't know. I don't know what GAC has in mind. But um, either way, we're just happy for Brookfield to be back. And um, but I would ask also. We're going to be getting more. mm -hmm, I would ask why they thought Sam and Maggie. Why did they kind of put them together? Like, I don't know. I just didn't think they seem to fit very well yeah um, I mean, we know everything happens for a reason so there's got to be do. Some, there's got to be something some behind thought it process into mm-hmm. why that happened it's, yeah you know you never know if it's a storyline process or, right you know maybe there's something as far as actor availability or you know could be so many different reasons right um so totally. it's one of those things where i'd always like to be the fly on the wall in the room when they're talking <laughs> yeah. about what storylines they right. choose and why because that's always interesting to me on, yeah you know why did they choose to go a certain way and sometimes you think in your head you know okay i know why they did this and i either i really liked it or i didn't really like it 
but you don't know all the things that happened mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Oh, totally. You, know, you don't know the reasons as to why they chose, you know, certain things. So I'm always kind of curious to, to learn a little bit more about what happens behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, just, and I think both of those characters, as well as the actors, are very well received by the Hardys, the Hopefuls, whatever, the, the, the fan yep. base. Um, I think Marshall Williams is, you know, you know, people really like him. I think they've seen probably Absolutely. less of Hanukkah Talbot. Um, at least yeah. on like Hallmark and so forth. But, you know, Marshall has been on a number of movies. And right. um, yeah. and so I think that's where, you know, the Hardys probably have discovered him. And so um, so I think, you know, individually, they're great. I just right. kind of don't see them so much together. But again, like you said, we don't know all the answers. And and the thing is, is that sometimes some of this is contractual. You know, like it it's completely outside of... Um, right, you know, the realm of from a fan base or viewers, it's like it's it really comes down to business and what they can do. So we right. have to be mindful yep. of that as well. I think sometimes we watch the show and we're caught up in this magical world of storytelling, and you know that's the last thing on our minds is the the contracts and the business side of it. Right, um, right. But th- that's always there, and there's you know it plays into why they make certain decisions so you know there's so many so many things that go into the decisions that they make as far as storyline totally totally absolutely so what do the main characters or secondary characters learn about themselves and how do they change there's quite a few characters who i think learned something about themselves and changed a little bit throughout the episode i think the biggest one and we've talked about him is ronnie um, mm-hmm. He had quite a big storyline in this show. And, you know, Ronnie's always that guy who's kind of in it for himself. And, and what can I get out of this? And wanting to be, you know, a trendsetter in town with having the nicest car and, you know, having the best business and having everybody talk about him. And I think watching him interact with the kids and finding those Christmas lists and just seeing the kids for the innocent children that they were and realizing that it is better to give than to receive and taking that money that he had saved up for this car that he really, really wanted and making those Christmas wishes come true for the kids was just so much fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And it was so heartwarming to see that um, because he's probably the last guy that you would expect, you know, sacrifice something that he wanted um for the kids Mm -hmm. but I think that was definitely one of the the main changes that I saw for him um and then of course you had Gabriel learning that actions speak louder than words and Mm -hmm. I think he was struggling with that throughout the entire episode because he knew that there was something he wanted to tell Lillian but he just he just couldn't do it it was right there but he couldn't do it and he was trying to you know maybe I'll pick out a gift and that will get the the hint you know, across to her. And then finally, with a little push from Lillian Mm -hmm. (laughs) and from, you know, some other members of the town, Mm -hmm. he realized that, you know, he just, he just needed to say it. Right. Um, Right. And then one character who we haven't talked about as much, but I think definitely, definitely um, learned a little bit throughout this episode was Tess. Mm -hmm. And um, I really kind of, I felt for her because you knew, 
throughout this whole episode, I kind of we I kind of knew from the beginning what was going on. I think and not having Chuck there and being her feeling alone during the holidays um, and not being with someone that she loved was really hard. And I think that she learned throughout this episode that when that happens, when you you know when something's hard and when you're not with your loved ones, that you can't shut out those who are around you who want to be there for you because everybody in the town, you know, want the kids wanted to be there for her. Lillian was trying to be there for her. Lucy, you know, was trying and to be there for her. And she was just so, she was just feeling so alone mm-hmm. and, you know, not having Chuck there and she almost shut them out completely. Um, you know, until she kind of realized that that's not what Chuck would have wanted for her for Christmas. And mm-hmm. she kind of opened up a little bit and donated the bike, you know, and was there in the town on Christmas morning. Um, so that was really nice to see as well. Totally. And, and you know, you really picked my three things that, that I was going to share about. So there's not a whole lot more I can elaborate <laughs> on. No, you did a great job. I mean, really, I, I, I really concur with, with what you were saying. Um, she also offered Lucy's job back to her. Which, you know, I thought that was really interesting in the beginning. It's like her, uh, you know, Hank quit his job because he wanted to spend holidays with his family. And she wanted them to, you know, work uh, to, you know, make sure that the cows could be fed. She was more concerned about the cows than she was about the people. But she was so hurting. You know, as Brian Bird has said many times, and I've heard this from others, it's like hurt people hurt people. And Tess has been hurt. And, you know, when she lost her husband and now that Chuck is gone, I mean, that's... You know, and then that the new revelation that she had an interaction with Henry. Yes. Oh my gosh, that um, is so exciting to was, me. And he was someone who hurt them as well. Yes. Yes. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm excited about the promise, and we'll talk about that at the end. But um, yep. I'm at least I'm hoping it's a promise that we'll see Henry Gowan in Brookfield. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I I really appreciated that, and I. I loved how Ronnie came around and how, you know, it was kind of funny seeing him as Santa Claus when they were coming, sitting him on his lap and, yes. and, and, and they were, through them. Yeah, like, he was just trying to, them. right. He was like totally just a gruff, not such a nice Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe right. would have been much more sweet as Santa Claus, but then he had the allergic reaction <laughs> to no, the cinnamon no. with that big puffy <laughs> lip, which was funny. Yes. And, um, but it's, it's funny how Ronnie, you know, came around, like you said, and he sacrificed, you know, his personal wants of having that car to get all those things Mm -hmm. for the children at the orphanage, which was just, it was so sweet how they did that. Like, Mm -hmm. I really loved the writing in this. There was nothing like superfluous. It was all just very simple. And so I think Alfonso, great job. Um, Absolutely. Not that you're probably listening to this, Alfonso, but, you know, I really appreciate (laughs) what he did with the show and again, it's kind of like how I let off uh, the podcast. I just like the simplicity of it. And the powers that be, yep. GAC, let's keep it simple like this. I really think that's what the viewers want. The viewers that are watching mm-hmm. these shows want that simplicity. We want that escape. We want to go back to yep. a time. This is what, 1919, 1920. Um, yep. Yep. We, we want to go back to a time that we didn't have, where life wasn't so complicated as it is now today we have so many choices it wasn't and it was all about each other so so exactly it was all about community totally totally so 
that's a good segue into my next question. So what good insights into life are in this film? <laughs> I kind of jumped, uh, you know, the cart before oh. the horse there. Um, I, I think there were a lot and there were general life lessons. And then one of the things that I took away from it was that, you know, especially during this holiday season is that the people are what's important. I think, you know, watching the show and, um, Maggie said something to Paul when she told him that she wasn't going to be getting on the stage and going, you know, back to traveling the world. She said that the places used to fill her with wonder, but now the people do. Mm, um, she I love finally that. found her home in Brookfield and she found her home because the people made it her home. Mm -hmm. And I think that we get so caught up during the holidays about, you know, we got to get this gift and I have to do this and I have this party and I have this to do. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's really the people that matter. Even if you don't do anything, if you spend time with, you know, the people that you love and the people that love you, that's what counts. Absolutely. And we never know, you know, what other people are going through during this holiday season. Just like Cass, who was feeling alone and didn't have her son there. Um, and, you know, we had Ben who was selling the things in his home to try to buy a gift for his son. Mm -hmm. You know, we never know what other people are going through during this, um, during the holiday season. And I think it's just so important to really remember that the people are what matter mm -hmm. and that it doesn't matter if we do or get all these other things done. You know, if we're so busy that we're not connecting with the people around us and the people who are important to us, we've, we've completely missed what the holiday season is about. So I really liked that message of remembering that the people are what make a town and the people are what make your family and that the people are what's important. Absolutely. Um, you know, that life is about loving and trusting others and, mm -hmm. you know, how we need to look out for each other. And, you know, it's funny how right. the kids learn that. The kids at the orphan orphanage knew that and somehow the adults struggled with that. You know, they... And it, and it was the kids who taught them. It, it is. That. I just love that. I, I agree. I thought that was great. And, you know, sometimes we just get so caught up in things instead of each other. And, right. you know, one of the things that, that Abigail shared with Lillian when she was... Lillian was concerned about getting gifts for the kids and everything like yeah. that. And Abigail said yeah. that they have a home and each other and that was what was most important and then another right. time, um, she said to her, there's no journey like a shared one. And exactly. totally. And it's just, you know, that's what makes you feel so good about watching a show like When Hope Calls. It just, it's just so heartwarming. And it really just try, it, it really does a good job of just bringing you back to recognizing what's mo what, what is most important in life. Mm -hmm. And that's our faith in God and our faith in others. I mean, that's just really what it's all about that journey. Yeah. So I um, really appreciate that. So do you have any final thoughts about the show? Um, overall, I just thought it was the perfect way to kind of ring in the Christmas week and just, it had all those little subtle, subtle messages that people kind of needed to hear to remind us to, to slow down and appreciate what's happening around us. Um, and it was just so good to have this show back on my TV screen and to be able to have my kids watch it with me mm -hmm. um, or at least be in the room while they were running around, you know, doing other things mm -hmm. and not have to worry about, you know, 
are they going to hear words that I don't want them to hear and things like that. Um, so it was just such a great family Christmas movie that everybody can sit down and watch together. And it just filled you with all those, those Christmas feels that you want to have during the holidays. Definitely. You know, it's funny. It was, um, Dave on, uh, we worked yesterday, we worked together a couple days a week and on the way home, he goes, when are we going to watch when hope calls? And I said, well, I had already watched it in the morning. Cause I get up early in the morning and I watched it because we had yep. such a busy weekend. Like we literally couldn't, I couldn't watch live. We had a family party Saturday. We had a friend's party Sunday. It was just pretty hectic. And, uh, Anyway, Dave, um, really, you know, he loves Lori. So, you know, he's had the pleasure mm-hmm. of meeting her a couple times. And and so he really was looking forward to watching it. So we'll watch it tonight together. And it's like I can watch it over and over again because it's just so heartwarming. And, oh, absolutely. You know, it's so it was just for quite so, a while. It was just so nice to see, you know, Lori and Carter back. Um, I don't yeah. feel like Carter had many scenes, though. I was kind of expecting that he might, you know, um, have yeah. a little bit more. And I actually thought it was, it seemed a little bit awkward for him to go ask Santa for something because he sounds like a man. <laughs> you know? He does. You know? It was so hard to see. Yeah. He looks like a completely different kid. Right? I mean, I think he, he probably would be better suited to go work for Tess at the, you know, ranch or something, you know, or maybe. He, he almost could have been Santa with the he, right, right, with the right beard he almost could have pulled off Santa right in a pinch. yeah for sure um I also hope again that they care you know that they um Abigail and Cody come back for season two and I yeah, love the mention of Martin off. Cummins so I'm hoping that's a hint that maybe yeah. Martin Cummins is going to come to Brookfield oh my gosh I would totally love that I would love to Absolutely. see yeah. Martin and Lori, like you know, Abigail and Henry, yeah, kind of pursue one that relationship. That I really mm-hmm. wanted to see where that yep. was going to go and what was going to happen. And we know that yep. she's still writing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yep. still that connection there. Yeah. So I, I've got I've got hope. And you can see that like Tess was not happy about Henry because they had lost no. money and everything. And so I could see where they would butt heads big time. And so yeah, you need to have that. Yeah. And you need to have that kind of a relationship on a show. So I think that could be like really good. And you know yeah, what? Because that, that was going to be the Tess and the, the Tess and Grace storyline. Cause when we left the end of season one, we knew that Tess had kind of been looking into Grace. And I feel like that was, the storyline where there was a little bit of animosity and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and now with grace not there that's got to be filled in a little bit and i can right. definitely see the the test and abigail and mm-hmm. henry kind of filling in that that storyline totally totally and um yeah it's just kind of exciting i always thought martin cummins was just such a good actor like i thought he was one of the best actors on when calls the heart and yeah and you know i know he's kind of softened over the 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 last few seasons compared Mm -hmm. to how he was in the very beginning but that was abigail kind of you know getting to him and and i know that there are a few people out there that say how could you have a relationship with somebody who killed your husband well as we found out ultimately you know like you know he wasn't responsible per se, you know, like it was the company. It wasn't like he made this personal decision, you know, for that to happen. He really did. He He really struggled Mm -hmm. very much. Right. And you know what, as a businessman, especially back in that era, you know, you really had to, 
appear tough and just kind of like, kind of like Tess. When I think about like how the movie started with how gruff she was, I thought it was so funny when they're walking in town and she goes up to Ronnie and she goes, what's that growing on your face? And I I love that scene. Oh, that was so great. She and Ronnie together are just they're perfect. They they're perfect. really are. They really are. And then, then when she ran into the child in the street, to me, she ran into the child. I mean, the child was running backwards. She, but she was did. walking forward. She could have moved out of the child's way. And she just, yep. she just wasn't very nice. But, you know, no, um, and then whenever, you know, she was talking to, to Hank and Lucy, how, you know, they wanted to spend time with their families for the holidays. And she says, well, my cattle are looking forward to eating. And I just thought to myself, yep. oh, my word. You know, like Whoa. she really is just not a nice person. And yeah, I know you need to have no. one of those in the show. But she did soften up and at the end of the movie exactly. and, and, and gave um, the orphanage the Chuck's bike. And, and yeah. uh, you know, another character we really haven't talked about that I really like is Lucy. I really yeah. like her character. Yeah. And I love that she quit her job in support of Hank um, in order to spend time with her family for Christmas because Tess wasn't reasonable. And okay, so who's really put herself out there for Mm him? So who who is my fit for Sam? Oh yeah, Lucy, Lucy and Sam. Ah. They just seem like they would connect. You know, because he's like a handy person and That's she's a foreman. True. And I don't know. I just sense that they would be a really good pair. Mm. And I, it seems like they're kind of connecting her with Hank and I just don't see it. I think I could see Hank with Maggie, but I see mm-hmm. Sam with Lucy. That's kind of mm. how I so see it. So many possibilities. So many possibilities. Right. We, you know, to know that season two is coming and we still have. So much storytelling to look forward to and I love you know when they get into all the behind the scenes stuff and we get to see little bits and pieces when they start filming um it's, it's kind of you know we're, we have something to look forward to in the new year mm-hmm. um and that's totally really really exciting totally totally um and I really kind of liked Maggie in season one like uh, she was so interesting like I yes. felt like she had like a lot of meat and this one was just a yes. little bit more superficial I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think yeah. they made her character as interesting in this first two episodes. So I'm hoping was, they kind of. I think it was that balance of trying to, you know, because they were they're playing a Christmas movie, and for right. some people that are just starting to watch DAC, like they might not have seen right totally one totally. So this might be a new movie, and that's something independent. So I think it was that little bit of a balance between not delving in too much to anything in the past and making it an independent movie, Mm -hmm. but still touching a little bit, you know, into what happened in season one and what might happen in season two for those who have seen more of it. So I think, because that happens sometimes with the When Calls the Heart Christmas movies. Sure. You know, they couldn't, it had to be an independent kind of standalone. Right. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't move the characters forward too much. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But Maggie definitely is someone that I enjoy watching and I like her story. Um, and that she's someone new to town because mm-hmm. everybody else in town kind of has lived together for years. And she's the, this new person in town that's kind of bringing in all the these different things to town. Mm-hmm. And she's great with the kids. And she's totally. so fun to watch whenever she's taking care of them medically. Well, and that's actually what I really enjoy. I I enjoy when she's taking care of the town medically. Like, I, I mean, she did have the right. scene with Joe and then the little boy. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. 
and right, right. And, and it, uh, yeah. And he was so cute because, you know, part of it was just that he wanted the treat. <laughs> exactly. He and then he's to- telling Lillian, you know, do you think you did that right? Do you, do you think we need to ask Nurse Maggie? <laughs> right. That was cute. I lo- So I love that part. Yeah, that was yeah. that was great. Um, and I loved all the decorations in Brookfield. You know, again, Brad Cravoy, you do a yeah, great job beautiful. of making things look so Christmassy. I, I think that's just really, um, really. And I'm great. always amazed because that was filmed during the summer, kind of early yeah. fall. So it was, yeah. it was warm, right? Um, and but you know, aside from a little bit of the soapy snow that sometimes happens when they have to create the mm-hmm. snow in the middle of summer mm-hmm. you really felt like it was christmas time you right felt like the characters were cold and you felt yeah. like you know it was december right no i totally i totally agree i totally agree well thank you amy so much for joining us today i really enjoyed our time together i feel like you know it's been a long time since we've really had this kind of a chat so it's um Absolutely. totally enjoyable and i just want to thank you so much for you know, wanting for joining us on the podcast and, um, you know, for talking about when hope calls, because it was, it was quite enjoyable. I really, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Um, I know that they're going to air it again on over the Christmas holiday weekend. So please be looking for your listings for that. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know if you had any final thought. I know I said that already, but Anything before we close out the podcast? No, I just wanted to thank you for having me. I always love the chance to talk about good TV with good friends. Um, And to, you know, I have people who, I have friends in my real life here in Massachusetts that, you know, watch the show, but I think they kind of think I'm a little bit crazy, you know, knowing (laughs) that I I admin some of the groups and Uh I get this in depth into the show. So it's always nice when I can talk about the show with someone who doesn't quite think I'm a little bit crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) for spending, you know, 30 or 40 minutes talking about one program. So it was really a lot of fun to be able to kind of dive into the show and, and discuss all of our favorite things and all the different things that happen. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm with you a hundred percent. I, I have a similar situation. I have friends that watch, but they really kind of watch, you know, from the couch, they're not into it the way that right. we are. And that's why we became admins and right. They're not, they're not retweeting. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So much fun. Well, thank you for listening to the Our Family TV podcast. You can find us on social media at Our Family TV, and you can email us at hello at ourfamilytv.com. We'd also appreciate a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until we meet again, we hope you're sitting on the couch with your family, eating a big bowl of popcorn, and watching your favorite TV show.